Hi, I'm Evangelist Felicia Wallace. Thank you for tuning in to the A Light for Christ podcast, where our aim is to reach the masses for Christ in this current day of chaos, distractions, and confusion. We have set out on this journey to encourage the weary, revive those of us who have been complacent in our faith, and redirect the lost and misguided. We are ordained pastors of the Light of the World Church of God, organized under the Church of God Ministries, Anderson, Indiana. We hope you will consider supporting our ministry by visiting our website at alightforchrist.com or from the links provided on our podcast episodes. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you. We do hope today's message, The Sword is Coming, with Pastor Melvin, will help us to understand that often, in our quest to be socially accepted, we find ourselves compromising our faith. He warns us to be watchful because the sword is coming. So take a moment to take a listen and be blessed. Our scripture reading for today will be found in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 2 through 17. And it reads as such. To the angel of the church in Pergamum write, These are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual immorality. Likewise, you have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. The title of this word today is, The Sword is Coming. Beloved, if there is anything that we all can agree on, it is this. No one wants to be taken advantage of after going through the time, trouble, and sacrifice of helping someone else. When one helps another, there's usually an agreement that certain requirements and expectations will be met. Requirements and expectations made by the one who is helping the one in need. So it is with Jesus. After all the time, trouble, and sacrifice he has made for us that we may be freed from the power, bondage, and punishment of sin, he expects more than empty words of gratitude and allegiance. He expects us to use the liberation from sin and the power over sin to live right 
glorify his name and to reach the loss to increase his kingdom. Jesus doesn't care how big and bold we are in not denying him as Lord and Savior in our lives. If we are on the other hand, inviting the commission as well as the omission of sin in his church as well as our lives. Being like this is like a cow that produces a good bucket of milk only to kick it over or put its foot in the bucket. It is all for nothing. Having grace and mercy doesn't give us a license to sin. Jesus is looking for a church without a spot or wrinkle. So let us go to the word of God to hear from him who has the sharp double-edged sword. In verse 12, Jesus once again sends his message through the apostle John to the pastor, the angel of the church in Pergamum. One side of the sword ready to cut the repentant, saved and faithful from the bondage, guilt, and depth of sin. The other side of the sword prepared to cut the unrepentant sinner from the grace and mercy of God, releasing them into the darkness where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 13, he tells us that he is aware of the environment that this church is in and an environment that favors the political government and military movements of the day and the benefits of it over the spiritual movement of Jesus, an environment that is particularly hostile and violent to those who will not bow down to Caesar. Yet God's people did not turn away from Jesus. They could not impose their will on that church. But here is where Jesus has problems with us, as we see in verse 14. Although the enemy could not impose their will for them to sin and for us to sin, we by our own will invited sin into the doors of our churches as well as our lives. Some of us have fallen under the Balaam spirit, which is if we can't make them sin, in something they don't like, then we will control them by giving them sin that they do like. Balaam said, these Israelites are too strong to be forced to do anything. But look at how they're lusting after the Moab women while ignoring and neglecting their own affairs. Have those Moab women to lure them into eating the food sacrificed to idols? That's what that is. Them taking into their systems things that are taking the place of their true God by giving them what they are lusting after. The spirit of Balaam is saying today, these Christians are too spoiled and opinionated to be forced to do anything. But look at how they are lusting after the pleasures, pride, and perversions of the world while ignoring and neglecting the things of God. Have these things that they're enticed by to lure them into eating the food sacrificed to idols. 
with them taking it into their systems so that these things will seem like unbreakable habits and have our friends, the Nicolaitans, to teach them that since Jesus paid all of their sin debts, it's okay that they continue to run up the tab. But in verse 16, Jesus has sent word telling us we better stop. We better repent and turn this thing around because he is on his way with that slashing sword to cut off all guilty parties from his grace and mercy, leaving them on their own in this dark and evil lowland of sorrows. So pastor, you ask, just how do we repent? First of all, we must resist the lust of the eye which will have curiosity to tempt us and not thinking of the good things of God. And if we do not resist the lust of the eye, then we are working for the wages of sin, which is death. That's the first thing. Next thing we have to understand is that we must renounce the license to sin. The problem that they had in that church is that you had some people who were compromised. And they were justifying why they were doing what they were doing. We must reverse lowering the standard of the church to being less than holy. And we have to uh, receive and obey the words of Christ. He told the sinners to repent and he's telling us to repent. There must be rededication of our lives to Jesus then we must reclaim the churches and our lives as being only for Christ. We have to understand and we should know that it's easy not to sin in things that we do not like. But when it comes to the things that we do like, that's where the challenge is. If you are an unrepentant sinner, you just better do right and give your life to Christ. And once we do this, we will receive the hidden manna the relationship with Jesus that gives us spiritual strength, knowledge, guidance, peace, and joy that the carnal man can never have, see, understand, give, or take away. The sword is coming. Which side of it will you be on? The side of the repentant, where the burden of bondage, guilt, and sin debt will be cut, or the side of the unrepentant, where grace and mercy will be no more. You must make the decision. And speaking of decisions, I will conclude this word with a story of a pastor as well as a soldier overseas during World War II who was conducting Bible study classes in a secret location since worshiping Jesus in church assemblies was illegal at that time. He and 20 other soldiers were having Bible study when two German soldiers with guns burst into the house where they were in. The German soldiers lined everyone there against the wall and with guns to their heads, demanded that each of the churchgoers denounce Jesus Christ and proclaim the Fuhrer, Hitler, God over all creation. But no one budged. They all held to Jesus being Lord and Savior. So these two German soldiers took these churchgoers back to a prison of war camp where they all were separated 
from each other. After about a year, the two soldiers came back and got the pastor and took him back to where he was first arrested. There were five of his fellow soldiers and church members also there. The soldiers asked them again to renounce Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But again, these six refused. One guard went to lock the door. As the other one said, well, there is only one thing left to do. Before we get you six out of here to safe passage, because this war is over, the Fuhrer, the one who we thought was God, is dead. We want to know about this Jesus you are so steadfast about. They gave the soldiers back their Bibles they took from them when they were first arrested. And to everyone's surprise, both soldiers laid down their guns, took out Bibles, and said to that pastor, let's have church. So beloved, let us remember that Jesus gave us all on the cross for us. It pleases him when we give our all to him. We should and we can resist the lust of the eye, renounce the license to sin, reverse the lowering of the standard of our lives and God's church to being less than holy. God bless. Hi, this is Pastor Melvin. We hope you've been uplifted by the word today. We hope you were blessed. But you know, I want to talk to you about the urgency and the importance of being right with Christ. Romans 10, beginning at verse 8, gives us instruction. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Are you willing to give your heart today? If so, repeat after me. Dear Lord, I admit this day that I am a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Believe that you are the atoning sacrifice for my sins and that you died on the cross to pave the way to eternal life. I ask you, come into my heart and make me whole again through the power of your resurrection that I may be born again and enter into the fellowship of the universal body of Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Welcome to the family. And stay planted in the Lord. This is very important. So God bless you.